Welcome everyone. I don't see that. Yes. Welcome everyone to the Harlebanon slash Torah Daf Yomi edition. Today's Daf is Daf Noon, Daf 50 in Shabbat. We'll be starting though on Memtet Amubet towards the top of the page, five lines down, Tashma. Tashma, the Gemara says, Orot, if you have animal skins, Ben Abudin, Ben She'en Abudin. Whether they've been processed or unprocessed, mutar l'tartanan in the Shabbat. One is permitted, one is permitted to move them on Shabbat. Lo amar abudin el inyan bilvad. We only mentioned that they are abudin, that they are worked, only regarding tuma alone. My, this is what we said last time, right? We only mentioned Regarding Tumah, that skin only becomes, accepts Tumah after it was processed. My love, but we're assuming, when it comes to the rule of not being Mukseh, it doesn't make a difference if it's a skin which is uh, designated for selling, which is Shiluman, or a skin that is a householder skin. Either way, they're both, both, both them should be non-mukseh, we're assuming. Law, the Gemara rejects that. Shel ba'abayit, only shel ba'abayit. Aval shel uman, ma'i. Em betatalin, you can't move it? Yahachi, if that's true, ha detani v'lo amru avudin elinyan tumah belvad, liflog v'letli v'dida. Why do we have to talk when we said about the thing, when we contrasted it? Why did we contrast it with a case that we said, we, we, we contrasted with a case which is a, an outside case, we could have contrasted with an inside case. The inside case could have been Balabait or Uman. Why do we have to throw in the idea of Tum'ah, says the Gemara. Cool of a Balabait. Sorry, we should have said the following. When were these words said? No, that's it. That could have been our contrast. Why do we have to contrast with the case that we said before of Tumah? Really, we could have done that also. But we wanted to keep the whole Mishnah discussing only Balabait, and therefore that's why we didn't do it. Ketanai, like the Machlokatanaim, it says the Machlokatanaim, Orochel Balabait, Metatrinotam. Skins of Balabait, you can move them. Veshel Uman, and of a craftsman, M. Tatinam, you cannot move them. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Echad, Zev, Echad, Zev, Metatrinotam. Either way, according to Rabbi Yossi, you could move both of them. That's like Rabbi Yossi, and the other one was like Rabbi Yossi. So we have Machlokat about whether you can move both of them or only one. Hadayatmi, the same rabbis who had that argument had another argument. We are now at the two dots on Menten Omet. There's a famous Mishnah that says that there are 39 father Melachot on Shabbat. 39 main Yisrim on Shabbat. That from them there are many Toldot, there are, there are many uh, second generation. But there's 39 first generation Melachot. Okay? Can they get me? Hi, Rabbi. What's that? 
Oh, you're on, Benjamin? Okay, good. Yeah, okay, I, I, I'm showing, when I show the, when I show the DAP, I can't see everybody. Hold on a second. Let me just open this a little bigger. Maybe this will work. I don't know. Ben, I see you now, but I can't see everybody. Okay. Says the Gemara. Hadayatvi, the rabbis didn't come out of the way asking. Hadayatvi, avot malachot abim chasarechad. This right in the mission that says that avot malachot are 30, are 39, 40 minus 1. Keneged me. Where they get that number from? How do the rabbis know that this is 39 malachot? Amur chanina barchama. Keneged avodat hamishkan. Because there were 39 labors in the mishkan. And there, those 39 labors that you were not allowed to do, correspond that you were allowed to do for the Mishkan, correspond to the 39 things that you're not allowed to do on Shabbat. You note that right before the Torah tells you to build the Mishkan, it says, don't do Melechah B'yom Shabbat. And the, we, we, the juxtaposition of those two commandments teaches us that there's a connection between the Mishkan and keeping Shabbat. And therefore we know if there's 39 Melechot, to build the Mishkan, there's going to be 39 corresponding Isurim on Shabbat. Okay, that's one way to learn. So the other rabbi says, hold on, I move this. Right. Amalu Rabbi Yochanan ben Lazar, kach amal Rabbi Shimon ben Rebesi, ben Likunya, kenegid melacha, melachto, melechet shebet Torah. It's opposite the word the words melacha or melachto or melechet in the Torah. Every if you go through the Torah and you count how many times it says the word either melacha or melachto or, or melachat, there are exactly thirty-nine. And therefore, when the Torah told you don't do melacha, it expected you to look how many times the Torah says the word melacha, and that's how many avot melachot there are. So, again, we have a machloket here. Is the reason why there's 39 because there's 39 labors in the Mishkan, or is the reason why there's 39 is because there's 39 times written the word labor in the Torah? You with me, Mr. Carl? Isn't that the same thing, though? Yes, Rabbi, yes. Um, Harry wants to know a question. He wants to know if it's the same thing. The answer is, it's the same number, but it's going to make a difference for many other things. The number of melachot will not change, correct. But why they did it will make a big difference, as you'll see coming forward. Okay? Okay. Okay. Says the Gemara. Bayi Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef asked the question. By Yosef Asadik, it says, by the wife of Potiphar, when she tried to seduce him, it says that day, on the day when she tried to, to seduce him, it says he came to his, to, to his to the house to do his labor. Okay? We want to know that word, is that counted as one of your 40? So if Yosef wants to know, when you told me that's 39 words, melacha or melachto, is that one included? Amalei Abaya. So Abaya says, 
bring a separate and start counting. What are you doing? Take out, open the Aron and start counting. Milo Amar Excuse me. There was a different case where they weren't sure about the numbers in the Torah, and they didn't move until they went to count them. So if you're not sure how many they are, go count. Amar says, no. The Pasuk says later, by the Mishkan, that the, the Melacha was enough. Okay? The work that they did to the Mishkan was enough to build the Mishkan. Miminya, he, in other words, he's not sure if when the Torah says the Melacha was enough, is that word Melacha included the number? Okay, so let me explain what's going on. When Yosef came in to do the malach, to do his labor in that house, there's a machloket brought down in Rashi in that case. What does it mean he came home to do his work? Some say it means he came home to do his work, heke, and she tried to seduce him. Others say what it means is he came home to do his work. His work means the work that she had assigned him the work of sleeping with her. And then he changed his mind in the middle. So there's two ways to understand the melacha over there. Okay? Now there's another pasuk, which we're also not sure about. Because this pasuk is right after the Mishkan, and it says that the Mishkan was enough. So maybe it's coming, that one shouldn't be included, because it's coming to tell you the Mishkan is over already. So that's the one that's after the Mishkan, you should keep that one out. We're not sure which one should be out. So when he asked you, was this one included, my question was as follows. Do we say, do we say, you understand what I'm saying? There's two pizukim that are iffy, which one's in? There were 39, and there's one extra one. So, so you're saying really that there's 41? There's 40. There's 40. Okay, 40. 40 altogether. 40. One, of these, one of these are out. Right. Okay. So his question is, let's go read it again. If that was included in the number, and the other one, and if so, then it's going like the rabbi who says that when it says he's coming to do melacha, it means he was coming to sleep with her. And if so, since that melacha was not real melacha, it's just a euphemism. It's like a quote. He came to do his, quote, work. He wasn't going to do work. He's coming to sleep with her, but it's called work. So if so, the reason why we're, we're excluding that one is because that's the only melacha in the Torah that doesn't really mean melacha. It means sketch. It means to sleep with her. Got it? So we're leaving that one out. Right. Or, okay. right? Yep. I lost it, huh? That one's included. So, or you maybe you'll say, no, it really means melacha. And, and that one means we excluded the, the, the work. The, the, in other words, the one by the Mishkan is excluded because that's the one when we finished the whole Mishkan. So, don't include that one. So, we don't know which way to learn. And the Gemara ends with Teku, we don't know which one it is. 
Okay. We don't know how to count this 39 if you go with the words Malacha. Tanya Kemanda Amar Keneged Avodot HaMishkan. We have a Brayta that implies that it's opposite the Mishkan. Why? All right, put the curse. I lost you for a second. Tanya Kemanda Amar Keneged Avodot HaMishkan. The Tanya, because we learned in a Brayta, and Chayavin Ayala Amalacha Shikiyotzev Vaheda Mishkan. You're only Chayav on a Melacha that there was like that in the Mishkan. For example, Hemzaru in the Mishkan they planted. Vatem Lotzdu and you guys on Shabbat don't plant. Hem Kasru they harvested. Vatem and you fellows are welcome, Moshe. Lotikatzru do not harvest. Hem Helu Etekrashim Mikarka Lagala they took the beams and put it from the ground to the wagons that they had to, to transport them. Ba'atem and you, on Shabbat, lo tachnisu mishutayichid, In the Mishkan, they took the, the beams off the wagons, from the agala, which is mishutayichid, lekarka, which is mishutayichid, Ba'atem and you guys, you don't, you shouldn't carry They took out from one wagon to another wagon. And you guys, my didn't do anything wrong. That's not a do like that. Abai and the Rabba, Abai and Rabba, they both say, and when we said it means. It means if you're taking it from Rishut to Rishut but you're going through Rishut They used to do that in the Mishkan, and that's what we're not allowed to do now. Okay? So this Brighta seems to support these rabbis that says that it was opposite the Melachot in the Mishkan. Okay? We are now on the bottom of Memtet Amubet. Says the Gemara. Begizit Semer Ve'embetatlin. We mentioned that if you use wool in to insulate your pot, you're not allowed to move it. The wool, the wool is muksa. You can use it, but you can't move it. Amar Rava says, Lo shara ela shalot taman bahem. Aval taman bahem metatlin oto. So Rabbi says an interesting thing. He says, when the Mishnah says that if you put your mechshi in the box of, of Gizeh Tzemer, of the wool um, bundles, that you're not allowed to move it, it's only talking, when we said you're not allowed to move it, it's not talking about if you put it in, it's talking about if you never used it yet. So if you never used it, then you can't put it in. But once you used it, you're allowed to move it. It be- why? Because if you used it already, it becomes a designated insulator. And once it's a designated insulator, it should be fine. There was one rabbi who came for one day to the shul and he asked the, rabbi the following question. It says in our Mishnah, Tomnim it says that you could use Gizetimer and you can't move them in the Mishnah. Let me turn the page. Turn to the next page. Hold on. 
what should you do? It says, takisui. You take the cover, you, you take off the covering wool, the hand of lot, and they fall on their own. So now, obviously, you see that even though you used it already, because obviously I already used it, my thing's in it, and you're telling me it still works there. You told me I only have to take off the cover and everything falls in. Is anyone with me? I don't see any uh, yeah, 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 we, we, it's good, it's good. Yeah, okay. right, I'm cool. Basically, once you used it, it shouldn't be Muksa anymore. It should be a right, designated. According to this rabbi, right. once you see right. it, shouldn't be Muksa. Look, you see this Muksa. Mm-hmm. Rather, if if Rava said something, he must have said like this. We only said this if he didn't set it aside for Hatmana. But if he set it aside for Hatmana, then Mitalkinoto. Then you can move it. It's not enough just to have used it once. You have to actually set it aside and say, these are my hatmana wool bundles. Then it's okay. But otherwise, you're not allowed to do it. It's my Nami. We have another writer. Ki atana bin amra amra a whole lot of kids. Yes. Okay. So Rabbi, we say that, that this wool doesn't heat, doesn't ex- uh, increase the heat? No, we said you were allowed to use it. These things don't, don't increase heat when they're dry, yes. Only when they're wet, we said. Okay? But the question is muksa. We're in the muksa question. Yes, because yeah. these are not, they're not kelim. They're just, they, they, they should be muksa, but we're not muksa. Okay, good. Question is, when did they become, when did you set them aside to become your insulators? Does, is it as soon as you use it? Or you have to actually say you're going to do it? Let's see what we work for. They were going to talk about this for the rest of this page. When Rabin came, he said the following. We only learned if you didn't set it aside. But if you took these bundles and you said they're going to be my insulator bundles, then you could move it. Ravina Amar, Ravina says no. Beshel Hepetek Shanu. We're talking here about a case where you took it from the shelves, meaning you took it from the, the store display. Since it's from the store display, still it, you're allowed to do it. Meaning, he has another answer. Hold on a second. It should be the other way around. If you're taking it from the store, it should maintain merchandise. It should be upset. He's, no, he's explaining Rava. He's saying that when Rava said that once you use it once, it's set aside. The, the original Rava. Rava said, if you remember, Rava on the bottom of the page had said that that's only if you never use them. But once you use them, it's okay. Now, we question that from the Mishnah. So we're saying that Rubble was talking about that once you use it once, it's okay is if you took it off the shelf. When Rubble said it's okay, I'm sorry, hold on. No, no, wrong. I said it wrong. The opposite. What did you say, Moshe? 
No, no, what's going on in the Mishnah? Let me clarify this again. The Mishnah, again, we had a question. Uh, I, I didn't explain this well. Let me, let me get this clear. We started off with a statement of Rava. Rava says that if a person used his wool once for Hatmana, it's not Muksa anymore. But the, the rabbi comes in and from one, one time from Israel, and he says, how can it be? The Mishnah says that if it falls off, it's Muqsa. Right? If the Mishnah says that if it falls off, it's Muqsa. So if the Mishnah says if it falls off, it's Muqsa, it must be that even though you use it, it's Muqsa. So then we switched. Okay, Rabbi was talking about some Rabbi, we switched what Rabbi says. He must have said something else. That's according to one answer. Ravina says no. The Mishnah, which says that it's muksa after it falls off, is talking when I took the wool off the shelf. Since, like Freddie said, since it's from my shelf, my store shelf, and a store shelf a person plans to sell, that's why it's still muksa. But in a regular case, Rava was right. Once you use it, it's, it becomes your insulator and it's not muksa. You got it? So we can explain that the reason why the Mishnah was so strict is because the Mishnah happened to be talking about a particular case where they took the wool off the shelf. That's Ravina's way to make rubber better. Now, Ravina's answer is a very is a much smoother answer in a way. Because it's hard to change what Rubber said if Rubber was in the Ben Matash. After all, the rabbi came to ask Rubber the question. Right? Tanya Nami Hachi. We have a brighter that follows Ravina. Gizeh Semer Shal Heptek. If you have Gizeh Semer of a store shop that you took off the shelf, and Metaltinotam, you can't move them. If you decide you want to use them, then Metaltinotam, then you could use them. Okay, that's beautiful. Okay, now we are at the words Tana Rabba Barachana Kamegrav. Listen to this interesting case. And this is a very, very relevant item to us. If you have logs of a tree, logs of a date tree means as follows. If a person, if a person, if you have a seed in Florida, I don't know if you guys have ever been in Florida before, probably never been in Florida, but I was once there and they have these very, very tall palm trees, right? They're very, very thin in the bottom. And on the top, it's got something coming out. Now, the way they get them, that's not how they grow normally. Regularly, they grow with branches, a piece of wood sticking out in the middle. They chop them off before they get hard. But if you let them, these, these things that are on the top, if you leave them long enough, they turn into wood. Now, let's say you have an old tree like that with wood sticking out, and the guy chopped them off to use them as firewood. Okay? Now, firewood is muksa on Shabbos. You have these date tree logs, okay, that someone chopped off, and now you want to use them as firewood. So you leave them in the side next to your fireplace. Now this is my firewood. Now on Shabbat, the guy decides to use them to sit on. I want to make a little stool out of them, or I want to uh, sit on a pile of them to use them as a, as a bench of sorts, am I allowed to or not? After all, they were, they were set aside to be firewood. Okay. 
Shikidran, you cut them le'etzim. You cut them for firewood. Nimlach, and you change them right now. The hand for them. Ligashiva to sit on them. Tzarich likasher. You have to tie them together to show that you're using them as a chair. So before Shabbat, if you want to do it, you have to tie it together and make a chair out of it. When you tie it together with an action of tying, that action of tying takes the muksa away from the Mancherat. You with me, Carl? Yep. So according to this rabbi, in order to unmuksa them, you have to tie them. That's an action, and that works. That's Who's this? Tanakama. Next rabbi. Rashbag Omer. He says, you don't have to tie them. If you thought about it, it's not mukseh. If before Shabbat, you looked at him and said, Lee, a lot of guests we're having this week. You know what? I'll take the lodge so they can sit on them. That'll be the last. That's one way to get rid of guests, by the way. I'll, get, I'll, I'll take the lodge so they can sit on them. If, you, if a person does that, then even just the thought, according to Rashbag, is enough. You don't need to tie nothing. It's fine. Thought is enough. Just thought. But you need a thought. Yes, of course you need a thought. Yes. Rabbi Rakhana says, by the way, not only am I, telling, am I the one telling you the bright time, I want to tell you who the halakha is like. I say halakha is like Rashbag, that machshava is enough. You don't need time. Right. So far, so good. Rabbi, can you move the page, please? Beautiful. It's my, we learned in the statement of the rabbis, rab, no, someone's on the phone. Yeah. I, I, someone, I'm talking to someone. Okay. It's my, we learned in the statement, rab, amad, rab holds, kosher, you have to tie it. So rab is sounding like Tanakama, right? He says you got to tie the wood. Shmuel, amad, choshev. Shmuel says you got to think about it. Who does he sound like, Carl? Rashbag, thank you, Ben. Yeah. Now, they're, now they're taking your questions, right? <laughs> uh, and Rav Asi Amar Yoshev. Rav Asi says you have to sit on it. Now, it's not clear if Rav Ashi is being the in between Rav and Shmuel or he's being more lenient than all three. How do you understand this? Now, we made a three-way machloket out of this, right? Rav is saying... It's before, it's before Shabbat. It's all before Shabbat. Before Shabbat, right. So if you so, have to sit on it, you got to use it before Shabbat. But you don't, but you don't have to do an action. You're sitting you on it. You have to tie it. You have to tie Worse it. Than, you have is to have that stronger than thinking or not? Sitting is stronger than thinking. Sitting is an action. Thinking is not even an action. Okay. So Rav Asi is saying you could sit on it. Now, what are they? How are they explaining this? So mostly Shonim say that he's being the most blatant. Shmuel says you need to think, right? And Rav Asi says as long as you sat on it once, even if you didn't think to do it again, it's enough. Irving, welcome. You understand what's going on? According to Rav Asi, Rav Asi is saying. That as long as you sit on it, you sat on it once, it's automatic, it's an automatic killing. Shmuel says, I have to really think that I'm going to use it. Ravas, he says, Chavas, you sat once, I sat once. I didn't think it was good. I know when I sat, it's good enough. That's what most people, rabbis are saying. Okay? 
So it comes out we have three opinions. Strictus is Rav. He's like Tanakama. Second one is Shmuel, like Rashbag. And of us, he's a step even more lead. Even though you were thinking still to light it, and you didn't think any guests would come over, and now the guests show up in your house, and you're looking around, you only have four chairs, and what are you going to do? You could take it. If you want sat on it, take it. That's Ravasi. Shmuel says, yeah, but you didn't think about it. Okay? Now the word clarifies the machlekes. I understand Rav where he got us from. He's going like Tanakama. He's cool. He's going like Rashbag. Rashbag said you have to think. Right, Carl? Right. Good. Who's Ravasi going like? Where did he shine in with this rule? He's got no tan on in his corner. Who's he going like? Says the Gemara. No. He goes like this, Tana. Which Tana? Of the Brighta that you never heard before that we're going to quote right now. The Tanya we learned in the Brighta. Yotzin bipirkon ubitzipa bizman shetzavan. We're talking here about a case where a guy wants to walk out on Shabbat with a bandage on his wound. He's got a wound. And this is pre, nowadays you have a Band-Aid and you guys don't know what they're talking about. You have a Band-Aid, you peel off the sides, you stick it on, and chalasna, right? In the olden days, you know how to have a Band-Aid, you take some clean cotton and you put it on. But the way to do it is you first, you have to grease it by putting some olive oil on it. And that's called sub-on. And then you have to wrap it with a string around the wound. So if you have a wound on your skin, you wrap it with the thing around. Beautiful. So if you wrapped it before Shabbat and you greased it before Shabbat, then you're allowed to, then it becomes part, uh, 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 then it becomes a garment and you're allowed to wear it out. Okay. But lo karchan, mishicha, lo tzavan, you didn't get it ready. And you see, man, then you can't walk out with it as your But if you walked out for one hour while on Friday afternoon, then you're not going on Shabbat. So you see, in this case, that by using it once, it became a bandage. So too, sitting on the wood once, according to Ravasi, makes it a chair. The problem, the only problem with the bandage is the fact of carrying? The problem bandage is that it didn't become a bandage. It was just a load, right? You're not allowed to walk outside holding bandages in your hand, correct? Right. On Shabbat, are you allowed to take, take a, oh, oh, they're band-aids, I'm allowed to carry them. No, you can't carry band-aids. You have to wear band-aids. Now, what's called wearing? So it's like a garment, like you said. It has to be a garment. How does it become a garment? It becomes a garment when you, so according to this Risa, it becomes a garment when you wore it once. So you see that that can become a garment when you wear it once. My wood, in my wood pile, what do you think, Mosh? Sitting on it's the same thing like wearing the, uh, sitting on the uh, bench is like, is like wearing the uh, bandage. No, no, no. But we're telling you now that if you didn't oil it, 
you could still go outside with it if you wore it like that for an hour on Friday. Right. So Same see, thing with the wood. Same thing with the wood, where you but, sat on it before the Shabbat, and it's allowed. Exactly. But sitting is not even, wearing. Even though one of them is Moksha laws, and the other one is laws of carrying, but the things are the same. The idea and the concepts are the same. Concept is, even though you didn't do an action, but you used it, it's enough. So I didn't oil it, and I didn't, Moshe, I didn't oil this thing. And I did tie it. But since I wore it on Friday, it was good. So to right. here. That's right. Rav Asi. This Brita is going to be Rav Asi's source. Is everyone with me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amr Ravashi, Ravashi says, Apana Nami Tanina. I'm sorry, hold on. Mudal says, Amr Ravashi, Apana Nami Tanina. Ravashi says, I also have a writer that, that supports it as well. Right? It says, Hakash, if you have straw, now you guys have the convenience of modern day beds. But in the olden days, a normal bed was a straw. A, a, a big pile of straw that you lay down on. Now, if you have a big pile of straw and someone on your bed and you want to lie down on it and this straw was not put there for the purposes of lying down on, this straw was put there for animal fodder or was put there for some other purpose. So therefore, you can't flatten it with your hand. Now, the straw needs to be flattened. If you, if you lie down on straw in a pile, it'll dig into your back and it won't be good. If you flatten it and make it flat, then it's comfortable to lay on. Okay? So, you're not allowed to move it with your hand on Shabbat. But you can move it with your body. So you can lie down on it and roll around and you can flatten it. But you can't do it with your hand because it's muksa. You with me, Carl? Yeah. You got the case? Guy's got a guy's got a bed. On the bed, he's got a pile of straw. Mm -hmm. the, the straw was not set, set aside before Shabbat. So you can't do it with your hand. You have to roll on it and it'll, it'll get flattened on its own. Because then you're not right. moving yeah. it. Just okay, but the bed is also basisma muksa. Uh, okay, Ben, you're asking a question about basis. I don't know if basis works when it's, the item is not as important as the bottom thing. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. I don't know if there's a bed. Who said there's a bed? Maybe it's just straw on the floor. It says mitah. So that's your bed. Uh, Moshe is pointing out that the words al-gab mitah indicate a bed. Okay. Yes, it does say that, Moshe. Thank you for pointing out. Tanina, hakash al gabe amita. Loyin an erbe yado. Don't move again. I will not be kufa. I will im haya alav maachal behema. But if there was animal fodder, oshel kar osadin maybe od yom. But if it was there during the day, min an erbe yado. In other words, if you use it as animal fodder, animal fodder is not mukseh. I'm sorry. Oshel kar osadin, or you already put. A pillow on it or or a sheet on it, if all jump during the day, then when I know you can move it with your hand. Shmami now we see that just the thought is enough, even though you didn't do anything. 
as long as he used it once, you're allowed to touch it and move it. And it fits like Rav Asi. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Now, it says the The Gemara wants to know who is Tanakama? Which is the rabbi in the Mishnah who argued on Rashbag? Now, usually when the Gemara wants to do this, it's because the Gemara wants to say that the Tanakama is not Rabbanan, it's just one rabbi. And if you say it's one rabbi, the halakha will not follow him. If you remember, Tanakama was the one who said, Carl, he was the strict one. He was the one who said you had to tie actually it. tie it. Right. So who, who, who was that? What we're going to do now is we look around Shas for a rabbi who has a similar statement, and we're going to assume that he's the Tanakama. That's what we're doing now. Who is the rabbi? Akiva. One time, Hanan ben Akiva went to a certain place. He saw a pile of pine wood that was separated for, for firewood. And he told his students, Go think about it so we could sit on these tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the brightest now, think about it, really sounds like Rashbag. But right. the brighter continues. <laughs> So the, the brighter ends that he's not sure why Rav Hanina Malakiva was so lenient that he just told the students to think about it. Now, says the Gemara, Midikama, this that it says, Ibet Mishtava, Ibet Avelava, the fact that he says if it was a party or if it was a Bet Avel, means only with a party or a Bet Mishtava will be lenient and let you use thinking. The treaty, because you're busy. Abel Hacha, but in a real case, a regular case in your house, kashur in lo kashur lo, you see that in a regular case, you would say, only if it's died, otherwise, no. Amar Bihuda, new statement. Amar Bihuda, machnis adam melo kupato afar. A person can bring into his house a carton full of dirt. And he can use it the whole, the whole Shabbat. Now, Dirt is normally 100% muksa. In the olden days, though, dirt was very necessary in a house. Because if you have a dirt floor, instead of sweeping it, when someone spills something, you just put more dirt on it. Right? right? Now, it's a sewer, of course, on Shabbat to go take dirt from outside to cover. But if you have a box of dirt handy in the house and you bring it in, you can spread it. So according to this, the dirt was muqsir to start with, and when you put it in the box, right, you made it unmuqsir. Now, when you put it in a box, you didn't do any action to it. You just put it in a box. So how could you unmuqsir it? Are you with me, Carl? Yes. I mean, I thought, I thought. 
Putting it in a box is an action? No. We understand, Irving, that an action is when you make something out of it. If I made it into uh-huh. a into a thing, that's an action. At this point, that's the drug. I thought an action was a 39 malacha. If it's not but a the 39... action was bringing... I'm sorry, no, no. man. Um, Harry, what we're saying over here is that the action that's necessary was to tie it into some kind of chair. Or to tie no, it... No, no, we're some... talking about the box, the dirt with the box. In the box, there was no action. We didn't do an right. action. And therefore, in theory, it should be fully mukta. So why you put it in the box? How are you allowed to use it to cover up this, the, the spit up that your baby spit up? You shouldn't be able to cover it with this dirt. This dirt is muksa. No, no, right, I put it in the box. Said you had in mind, so that's why it's okay. No? Oh, okay, so that's true if, if you hold like the mind, Rabbi. So, right? Okay, good. Yeah. Rabbi, how about the action of bringing it inside? Is that an action? From outside the inside? At this point, Carl, at this point, Carl, we think that an action only has to be something that makes a definitive change in the item, not right. just uh, move it from one place to the next. Right. That's what Irving said also. What you said okay. was what Irving said. Yeah. Let's see it inside. Uh, Fred, are you on the time? Give me the timing situation. We got to move a little quicker. We're, it's about ten twenty. We started nine thirty-five. So. Okay. Okay. We have to give me the the, the buzzer when we get there. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try to move a little quicker. Yes. Okay. Darash Morzutra made the Morzutra Raba Morzutra said in the name of his his father Morzutra the big big Morzutra his grandfather This is only if you made a special corner for it. So if you made a special corner in your house for the dirt box, then it's okay. Amru Rabbanan Kemeder Papa, Kiman, who is he going like? Kim Rashbag, he must be going like Rashbag, like like we said. Why? Like like uh, Harry said. The E, Kirabanan, if he's going like the Rabbanan, Ha'ami Brainin Ma said, didn't they say you need an action? Here's no action. Amaluhu, he said back to him, Rab Papa, I feel Tamak Rabbanan. Even the Rabbanan will agree with the dirt box case. When did the rabbi say that you have to tie up the woods? That's something where there's an action to do. When it comes to woods, there is an action to be done. So if you tie up the woods, you're showing you want them to be a chair. And if you don't, you're showing you're not. But dirt where there's no action to do to the dirt, right? Law, R- Rabbanan never said that you need to do an action to something that doesn't need an action. You can't bring a proof from the case of the logs. But in a case where you could do an action, it's not a proof to a case where there's no action to be done. Is anyone with me? Good, good, good. Okay. Says the Ramanai, let's assume that this machloket about whether something needs an action or not, is like a Bechot Tanaim. It says, Bechol chafilet ha-kilim. Chutz mikli kesef. Begargatim. Okay, so let me explain to you. It's something called gartikim. I don't know, it seems like nowadays we all have silver shining things, right? And you, saw, you shine your silver with the polish. In those days without polish, the best thing to shine silver was gartikim. Gatikin is the inside, what you find inside wine barrels, okay? That was the best thing to use to uh, shine your silver. So you're allowed to 
you let it um, clean your your or polish your utensils with anything except for polishing silver with gatikin. Now, why can't you polish silver with gatikin? So they say the reason why you can't use silver with gatikin is because um, silver, not our silver, but real silver, if it's 100% pure silver, is very, very soft. Our sterling silver is not 100% silver. Uh, am I right, Fred? I believe so. Okay. Yes. I believe they put something else to strengthen it. Now, 100% silver is very soft. And because it's so soft, if you use Gartikin, yes, it shines it up, but it also smoothens the surface of it. And smoothing the surface of silver is the milacha of mimahek, which is forbidden. So therefore, you could use anything but not Gartikin, even though it's the number one thing to use, but since it smoothens the surface, it's forbidden because it's mimahek. You with me? Yep. Haneter, it sounds like if you could use anything besides gartikin, it sounds like if you're using neter, ochol. What's neter, uh, Fred? Whatever. And chol or sand. Mutar, it's allowed. Huh? Whatever. What does it say over there? More I think sand? it's, I don't, I, maybe it's lie, you know? Uh, it's, it's something people use for shampoo also. It's like okay. a lie, I think they call it. Maybe. Ask the Gemara, oh yeah? It sounds like we hear like, Chol is okay, but didn't we learn? Right? You have two brightas. One saying that Neter and Chol are okay, and one saying that is not okay. What are they arguing about? Why are the two brightas arguing? Mara says, My love, let's assume that the reason why the two brightas are arguing is the following argument. Probably because one rabbi, the rabbi who lets the chol, the sand, be used is because he says that since sand, since sand has no action you could do to it, therefore the fact that you have it in your house to cover, to, to use to polish things is enough to let you use it and it's not mukseh. And the rabbi who doesn't let you use the sand is because he says, so why you have the sand in the sandbox? You can't use it because it's mukseh. Well, you mean, but you didn't do an action. No, we are, so again, we're assuming that the, these two bright thoughts, one allowing sand to be used to polish, and the other one not allowing sand to be used to polish, the machloket between them is, does everyone agree that you need an action? And the question is, the, the action rabbis, do the action rabbis require actions on actionless materials? So in other words, dirt home and use it for polishing, then he cannot use it to cover up his dirt. Yeah, 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 but, no, but sand is not used to cover. They use afar for dirt. Uh, sand is used for polishing. But if I bring it to my house, is it muksa? Sand normally is muksa. But if I bring it to my house, then we get back to the same question. Putting it in the sandbox, is that enough? And therefore right. we see, that's a machloket tanaim. The Gemara is going to reject this. Who said that's the machlokim between them? Again, it doesn't say. It just says one thing, mutar, one thing, asur. This, we're, we're really making a reach to say that the argument is about this. The Gemara is going to say the opposite. Okay. Lo, no. 
Everyone agrees you don't need an action. Okay? Hold on. No. Everyone agrees that you don't need an action. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not a question. When you're doing this, it's you might end up smoothening the silver when you do it. And therefore, the rabbi who says that you can do it is a Bishimon who lets a guy do the Vashen with Kaven. If you're not planning to do it, since you're, not, since you're doing it to clean it and not to smooth it, it's okay. And Ruda, who does the Vashen with Kaven, will not let you do it. Very simple. That's the reason why. Not to do with Muksa. It's a question of the Vashen with Kaven. That's the whole story. No, but this is not Rabbi Shimon Ben Levi, Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel, right? No, no, no. It's Shimon Ben Yochai. Oh. You know the light bulb of Rabbi that we go to Meron for? That's him, okay. I, I, okay. I, I, I the sure. same Rabbi Shimon we're talking about all along. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi okay? And the other item is a Psikadesha. The, uh, oh, the it's, 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 it's coming, it's coming, Fred. It's coming. Psikadesha uh, is coming right up. Okay? All right. Okay, no. The sand is there to polish, but it might smoothen. So Rabbi Uda says, since it might smoothen, the Vashem with Kaven Asur. And Bishimon will say, no, the Vashem with Kaven Mutad. Okay? Right. So ask the Gemara. But my kid to the Haidashadi, could it be Shimon? You're going to tell me that the one who allows is going like Rabbi Shimon? Seifa, what about the end of the thing? It says, Don't use the sand to clean your beard. People used to wash their beard and use the sand as soap. Because now you shouldn't use it because it takes out hairs. Kashari, let it come out. Rabbi Shimon doesn't care about the Vashem with Kaven. So therefore, don't tell me that that's Rabbi Shimon, because Rabbi Shimon, he would never tell you not to use it for your hair on Shabbat. I could do my I could wash my face with my beard on Shabbat because who cares if hairs fall out? Rabbi Shimon doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take out hairs. What am I trying to take a haircut? I'm washing my face with a, with a little extra sand in the water to clear it better. Okay? Yep. It's not, I'm going to turn the page. One second. It's not, Nazir, a Nazir who's not allowed to take a haircut, Chofef, he's allowed to wash his hair even though Hairs, even though things might come out, and he can run his hand through his hair, even though hairs might come out, but he can't comb his beard because hairs will for sure come out. Okay. Right? So you, so you see that Rabbi Shimon would allow this and therefore... And therefore, how can we get to go? And therefore, how can we say with him? Ella have out of Yudai. Rather, both of you die. Betray Tanai Libidu Yudai. And there's two rabbis going like a Yudai. Hi, Tanai Libidu Yudai, Savar Gadir. But Hi, Tanai Libidu Yudai, Savar Logadir. The Machon between the two rabbis is as follows. One rabbi following Yudai holds Gadir. 
Girir means that it does smoothen it. Now the Gemara challenges that too. But my Kinta can be that. No one can be that. And must say, what about the Seifa? It says, It says, but you're allowed to do the face and, and your hands and your feet. If you do your face, you're going to remove your beard hairs. How can he let you do it? God would never let that. So we have a few ways out. One way out. We're talking about a kid who has no beard. The kid has no beard. So that's why when the Mishnah says you can do it, it's talking about a kid who has no beard. Another way to get out of it is talking about a lady. Ladies have no facial hair. The Ibait Ema Bisaris talk about an uh, immature man who has no who has no facial hair. And notice they don't mention a guy who shaved. I don't know why. Could be the Jews in the old days, they all had beards. I'm gonna be that. Yeah, but even if you shave, there's supposed to be a little bit a little bit of hair on. It's not supposed to be fully clean. Yeah, but a little bit of hair like that doesn't come out with, with washing. Okay. We're going to stop at Amar Abiyudah, guys. Uh, uh, I had a question. We're talking about uh, combing the hair. Um, let's say a person would want to comb the hair with this type of a comb. How do we know if if this comb is allowed to be used on Shabbat? Good question. Ask your, ask your local Orthodox. <laughs> and also a separate question about the Omer. Um, we know we're not supposed to get gifts or buy things new. Hold on, Moshe. What did you say? We're not supposed to uh, like get gifts or buy new spe- special new things on the Omer. Uh, is that what your rabbi told you? That's what I heard. My mom, uh, my mom told me that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't say that. Yeah, that's the three. That could be.